Hey, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jeff Reinbold Show. Today, we are coming to you live from the Big Island of Hawaii and the Emerald Isle of Ireland. I got my buddy Mike McQuaid here with me, and we're going to talk a little ball this morning. Jeff, uh, a bit earlier on a Monday night this week, not because of the clocks changing yet, but because, as you said, you're in Hawaii. Uh, good to see you. I'd love to hear just your thoughts from people watching this and just listening. Um, we, we talked about it last week, just to start off with, but just whenever you were in your bed, uh, flag football announced in the Olympics. Are you going to try out in 2028? Great news. <laughs> no, I'm not trying out, but I'm going to tell you something. That is a big step for football around the globe. And, uh, you know, anytime it, you become an Olympic sport, whether it's a demonstration sport or an actual medal sport, it's incredible. And, you know, this is a lot of people's dreams and hard work have gone into this and celebration of, you know, what has been a, you know, monumental achievement by IFAF, by Football USA, by every governing body that's gotten behind this whole process. And I, I think that we all owe thanks to everybody at the National Football League first and then beyond that, every organization that's that's worked to help people have an opportunity to play the game, whatever, however you play the game. And. Um provided that you were traveling very far away at the weekend did you catch much football did you get a chance jeff yeah i, I saw it. what what was going on this weekend with the offenses it was like we couldn't find any offenses to, to save our tail i mean miami just seems to keep functioning at a, such a high rate offensively but you know a lot of scores look like we're back in 1976 you know 17 13 2017 i mean just amazing did you um, get a chance to see the London game yesterday, the Ravens against the Titans? You know, I, I didn't see – I saw the highlights of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I usually catch up on, on those games after I've been traveling. Uh, during the week, I'll watch the games on uh, – you know, we have a service that gets us all the NFL games, you know, all 22s, so I can really study the game. But obviously, you know, that was a big, big win for the Ravens. And, you know um, – you know, they, they, I think they learned from the last time they came over when they came over on Friday. And then, you know, this time they came the whole week and stayed and they looked much more fresh and, you know, acclimated to the time change and all of that. It's funny because I haven't, for people wondering, I, I haven't really been chatting to you because you've been traveling. Um, I was standing outside of Prada Monge and they wheeled Ryan Tannehill past me, wheeled him past me holding crutches and I felt like should I do like an Adam Schefter and like release this information and I thought no I'm not, it's not right I'm not going to do it and um, I guess the one takeaway I'll say from yesterday Jeff is you know obviously it's I guess sad to have it all over for another year but um, the, the one takeaway I have from that game yesterday is Malik Willis no mm -hmm. sir no sir no chance what do you mean no sir I don't think he's good enough unfortunately unfortunately yeah, it is unfortunate. And, you know, that kid came out of Liberty with such, you know, such, you know, high accolades and high expectations. And um, I, I think it's been tough for him, to be honest with you, Michael. He hasn't found, you know, he hasn't found his feet underneath that himself yet in that offense. And, um, you know, it, it, that offense really isn't tailored for his skill set. And I think that's unfortunate because so much about, you know, success at, in the game comes down to fit. Right. And you look at, for example, a Brock Purdy, who, although he didn't play very well this weekend, you know, he fits what they need in San Francisco. And, you know, who's to say that, you know, 
Malik Willis in another offense won't have a chance, won't have a better opportunity to say Philadelphia or somebody that does more of the things that are more to his skill set. And, you know, I, I think that's, you know, he's, uh, he's a, I won't say byproduct, but he's a casualty, I guess is the right way to say it, of the power struggle that went on in uh, Tennessee. And, you know, that whole, that whole, you know, battle that, you know, waged inside that building about control over what they were going to do and who they were going to draft. And, you know, it started with the A.J. Brown trade. And then, you know, then again, we saw the Malik Willis draft and, you know, he just never really had a chance. And before we start talking about Sunday's action, I look, I I fully agree with you. I'd, I'd love to know. Uh, so you're you're on a bye week this week. You're just chilling. You're just killing in Hawaii. What's the plans this week? Because I am just buzzing that we're five minutes into this podcast slash live video, and your internet's holding up, Jeff. <laughs> it's a minute by minute thing over here with the internet. But I tell you what, I'm I'm glad to be home. You can see behind me. This is our. I'm sitting on my porch on my, what we call on Lanai in Hawaii, and that out behind me is the ocean, and and uh, you know it's. Watching the sun rise this morning at 5.30 was just absolutely breathtaking. So it's great to be home. Chance to re- recharge your batteries. Final push to the hopefully the Great Cup. We're in the playoffs in two weeks. And and then, before we know it, Mike, we'll be back. And I'll see you in Manchester. Manchester and Glasgow on the way. Um, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Reinbold to get tickets for both Manchester and Glasgow. Might be decent this week and throw out some promo codes check out the socials for that you'll see what happens this week jeff what's the one thing that you want to talk about from sunday is there any standout and before we do that i'll just tell people that we're presented by 888 sport the official betting partner of the nfl in ireland and the uk obviously looking forward to having you come over jeff in a few weeks time please god what was the one takeaway from this sunday because as you said it was a really weird sunday in the sense of it was all over the shop yeah i think that you know we we saw just how you know, how much parity there is in the National Football League. You know, you take a, I think about the San Francisco 49ers and the, and the Browns game. You know, it's played in slop. It's a bad field. It's bad weather. And, and then all of a sudden, the 49ers lose some of their top line players. Um, you know, it's just really difficult to win games in pro football. You hear people say that all the time. A lot of pro, you hear, you hear a lot of, players and coaches say it's hard to win in pro football well it really is because everybody's good and everybody's got players you know and and um you know purdy couldn't make enough plays although at the end he put him in position to win the football game and that's that's what i think people that are so quick to judge right you know that guy he's got no christian mccaffrey right he's down at receiver he's down at you know the left tackle taped up together trying to finish the game against a great pass rusher and he takes them down and they're you know all they have to do is kick a chip shot field goal to win the game and the kicker pushes it wide right and I thought Shanahan handled it really well in the post-game press conference he said that we made too many mistakes Uh, we had too many guys playing that that hadn't played and you know we're out there you know you got to understand those guys get very few reps if you're a backup in pro football you get hardly any reps during the week so you're out there trying to execute a game plan that you really may may have an understanding of just in terms of you know, what my responsibility is on this play or that play. and But you really don't have a feel for it. You don't have a feel for the quarterback and you don't have a feel for the cadence and all those other things. So it's really, really difficult when you lose 
key guys, you know, to have any chance for success. I thought the Jets Eagles game was a shocker to me. You know, the Jets just hung in there. The Eagles couldn't seem to shake it, you know, shake themselves loose offensively. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's, you know, and, and even last night's Buffalo game, right. You look at that and they had to struggle. And I mean, struggle against a bad football team playing a backup quarterback. So, you know, again, I think that's a in, indicative of why every game is important and every weekend, you know, you better come with your A game. Uh, I actually came into the house from London last night around the time, like about two minutes before Jalen Hurts threw the pick at the end. Um, and it was just it was just insane to see. But I'll say on the Niners very quickly, Jeff, um, was sitting yesterday just after the game in like an area with a few people and looked up. And I want to give a shout out to the guys at... Uh, 49er Faithful UK, the Irish Faithful also, and thank you, Jeff, for and Jesse for that video for those guys. Um Flackers was on Sky Sports last night. It was it was interesting and fun to see him. Uh not the result that those boys would have wanted last night, especially at their watch party with Joe Staley, but certainly, you know, sign of a good team, Jeff, where Shannon can stand up and go, look, we've made mistakes. We've we've made too many mistakes. They're too good of a team. And you'll see them bounce back next week. One thing that we didn't get a chance to, to talk about on the podcast last night with the other people was the Detroit Lions. Five and one football team. The whole trajectory of this team has completely changed, Jeff. And the Lions have went from being complete rank outsider slash nobody's now to a significant threat, not just in the NFC North, but in the NFC, Jeff. I don't yeah, I, I agree with you. They're five and one. They're tied for the best record in the National Football League. And you know, though that includes a win over Kansas City, right? So, you know, you're talking about they've gone into some tough places to play and won football games, and I think that's important to understand. You know, Tampa plays very good defense. They struggled yesterday on offense, but, you know, that's that's football. you got to play in all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. And, you know, the, the Lions have been doing that, and that's why they're successful. They're better than people give them credit for. I think that starts with the quarterback, Jared Goff, and then just permeates through that football team. They've gotten so much better in the you know time that Dan Campbell's been there. The attitude has changed. The culture's changed. You know, they're competitive. They're tough. They're resilient. They're exactly what the kind of team you want to be when you get to playoff time. And, and again, hopefully they can continue to get better during the course of the year and, you know, be a factor in the playoff race. We are an hour earlier tonight, but just a reminder for people that are watching or listening live to feel free to get your comments in. As I yawn, Jeff, did you see me um, harass Coach Harbour yesterday? No, I did not enjoy it. I did not see that. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm presuming you've been through Stansted Airport at least once, yeah? Yeah. Right, so we walk in laughing, going, oh, happy days, we're in good time here. And like, why is there a queue? And... Um, there must like I'm not even joking, six hundred, seven hundred people queued up for security minimum, so it was huge. But so they had basically halved off the security, um, like closed off a section for the Titans and for the Ravens, and we seen the Titans come in through security, and it took us the guts of maybe 70, 80 minutes to get through security. I, I almost I almost missed my flight home last night. It was a bit crazy, but um. We were coming out of security and we walked straight up and standing right beside us is John Harba. So I was like, John, how's it going? Like all this sort of stuff. Started saying, and 
would you like to play a game in Ireland? And he, God help him, the man hadn't a notion what I was saying. He couldn't understand a word of what I was trying to say. But he was, man, he was in great form. Like, for a guy that got a lot of stick a few years back, um, in terms of, like, his attitude and the Ravens' attitude to playing in London, he was in good form last night. And, um, don't know, man. I mean, it's it, it, it was good crack. Have you ever met any legendary players or coaches in the airport, Jeff, that I should be wary of? Or? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was last year when I was in New Orleans to do the New Orleans Baltimore game and and be a part of the touchdown trips crew that you know I enjoy being around with so much. Shout out to Ben uh, yesterday. Yep, Jim Moore. I'm standing in the security line with Jim Moore, and we ended up having about a 45 minute conversation at Starbucks just talking football. So it was that was a lot of fun. The playoffs, yeah, you got to remember now. Everybody's on Coach Harbaugh's ass about the fact that he was prickly after they, you know, the last time. That's the worst defeat they've suffered in his history, at with the Ravens. The last time, you know, when when uh, Jacksonville got all over him, and this time he won. So you know, that's the way it is. Works in this business. You know, you're happy for about 24 hours, then your then your gut starts to churn again because you got to get on to the next opponent. Your in seasoned slash CFL replacement. Nahamadong Sue in person, Jeff, is three times the size of me. I was too scared to walk up to him. He's that big. Seems like a nice guy, but oh he's my a god, he's fantastic. I'll tell you what, he's a fantastic guy. And um, you know, he's very quiet, you know, so he's very intimidating, obviously, as big as he is and as quiet as he is. But I'm gonna tell you something, if you get him to talk, he's an extremely intelligent guy and really, really, really informed. And I'm sure he did a great job at Sky. Before we go ahead and talk about some more games, let's have some fun for a second, Jeff. Um, you, you'll have a lot of fans from the UK, Europe, and Ireland, especially that would have came over to the games the last few weeks. What's the one matchup you'd like to see in London next year? For me, it's been too long since the Cowboys have been over and the Niners. I think one of those teams has to be over next year. But I'd like to see London get a marquee game. A bit like three weeks yesterday. I can't wait. Mahomes against Tua in Germany. It's going to, oh my God. There'll be no podcast for a week. And I also love how we haven't went 15 minutes without talking about the rugby. We're, we're not going to talk about it. But um, just your dream matchup. Like, what, what would be a dream dream matchup for you, Jeff, in, in London next year? Well, I, it would be a doubleheader. You know what a doubleheader is, Mike, in baseball? Oh, I know what a doubleheader is. You're, okay, you're I'm, just, gonna have I'm a double just asking because I don't know London. about your baseball. I don't know how much you love baseball or not. But baseball, <laughs> a doubleheader for fans that aren't, aren't aware it's where you play two games on the same day. My double header would be, right? The 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 appetizer, the appetizer for my double header, right? Would be the All Blacks against Ireland and in a re, in a rematch, and then I would love to see the Lions against the 49ers. Oh. The like can the Niners actually like like I'm going to look at this now. Can, can the Niners actually play that next year at home? I, say, I have no, I, I have no I have idea. No you asked me what my whatsoever. dream matchup was. I feel that the Niners will play in London next year, but I think they'll play as a home team. Um, but here's an interesting one. They've got the Jags at home next year. There you go. There you go. What? The 16th of October. I'm calling it right now. Niners-Jags right. in London. And, right. and like that's no association for either of us. We're just spitting out facts here. I... I'll say Niners Jags, and then I'll I'll also very quickly just for the sheer crack of it, so we can look back on this and make a reel in a year's time. Niners Jags, that'll be the Jags away game, and the Jags will host at Wembley. The let's see, either the Raiders 
or an AFC North team. Now, that could be interesting. That could be very Well, if you think about it, it ain't going to be the Ravens, right? So they're out, right? What I think would be really nice to see is the Bengals and the Jets. the Steelers? Steelers got – I'm reserving Ireland for the Steelers. If the NFL wanted to – like, I mean, like, the the matchups aren't set until no. until January. Yeah, we know whenever the divisions are finished. If the NFL wanted to do it, they could do it in six months. A London game or a Dublin game. It's not going to happen next year, but you're right. I think the Bengals would be a good one. Um, the wow. Bengals would be good because they have such a big support in the UK, especially great guys as well. Bengals UK. I'd be up for that. Like Bengals, Jags, Niners, Jags. I could, I could live with that. Joe, Joe Burrow. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I think uh, Joe Burrow and and uh, you know against Trey. Lan- I mean Trey Lance. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know oh, Trevor Lawrence and Jay and Joe. Burrow, it you know in in Wembley, in front of what ninety thousand. Let's go. Or as Tom Brady said, LFG, my friend, LFG. And you've you've sort of rolled through a few games there at once, Jeff. I guess a couple of the big ones for me, like it seems now. I was on the way home last night from the airport and just put the radio on, and I've was joking with Ollie Wilson about this yesterday, saying. You know, the radio has kept me solace for the last three weeks at late at night driving home listening to these games. Listen to the Raiders against the Patriots and the Patriots had opportunities, but Jeff, no. They're just like, not good enough offensively, Mike. They're, they're not, not just... but they're like and it but Jeff, it's, it's not even like not being good enough. They're nowhere near enough at the minute. And it's showing. It just seemed really Why well, here we go again. We're like, here we go again with your with your like you love to hate the Patriots. I have never been around anybody who loves to hate the Patriots more than anybody. You, what is it? You some displaced Bronco? I don't know what is it. I'm just talking generally. There was multiple opportunities last night where the Patriots on the offense just looked really out of sorts. That's Mike, Mike, that's football. They're not good enough, right? They're not good enough. Yeah, but like you know, and like we we, we haven't even mentioned Je- like, no, but we, we haven't even mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo yet. I mean, Brian Hoyer went in and looked good again. Like I'm just putting it out there. That like, I'm sure you've seen that point where they put Malik Cunningham, where they put Malik Cunningham, and even the commentator was getting annoyed. He was like, "How dare they think that a team is stupid enough not to realize what they're doing here?" Look, I am not hating anyone. I just feel like. Like, I mean, look, I mean, they've they've sort of bought their luck for 20-odd years. Like, I mean, like, they'll take a few bad years. I just hope, man, like, like we're sitting four weeks out from this game in Germany, and it, at the minute, it's the Colts against the Patriots, and... It's, it's going to be, this going to be a snooze fest, right? <laughs> well, that's I, I a thought, snooze fest. You know, you know, let's talk about the Colts, because I was really disappointed with the Colts. I thought they would go down to Jack, Jacksonville and play way better than that, and Jacksonville just hammered them. And, you know, that... The kudos to to uh, Doug Peterson for getting his football. That's a tough thing he's done. They've been, you know, on the road really for three straight weeks, and you know, it's just that that is really really hard to do. And you know, he, to keep your team focused and keep your team healthy and keep your team, you know, headed all in the right direction. You're talking about that is a major task. And I think Doug Peterson right now. If the Jag continue to trend the way they're trending, he's going to be a guy that's going to get some votes for Coach of the Year, depending on how deep they get into the playoffs. Sometimes the box score is really like not 
detailed enough because if you look at the box score yesterday it looks like the Jags just didn't have a very efficient day they put 37 points on the board they were fantastic on both sides of the ball Garner Minshew three interceptions I love Garner but he's, he's Garner he's gonna have to get better than that there simple simple facts like you can't rock into Jacksonville and expect to be in a situation where you're only putting 20 on the board he needs to make less mistakes. He had over 300 yards on the day. But the run game, Jeff, was just not there. When you've got Zach Moss, who was such a big week the week before, Jonathan Taylor coming back, and the Jags had every answer for them. They had a combined amount of 40 yards rushing between Moss and Taylor. That needs to improve. No, no question about that. And, you, get, you know, first thing is they got to take care of the football. You cannot, you cannot have turnovers in the, in the National Football League and win. It's just, it's almost impossible possible when you turn the thing over three times or more in a game and you know why one of the analytics that i pay a tremendous amount of attention to is turnover ratio how many do you get and how many do you give and if you are in the negatives you're usually not going to win a whole lot of games if you're in the positives you look at the end of the season the teams that are fighting it all for a super bowl you know or deep into the playoff run they're usually the teams that don't Turn the ball over. They're positive in the turnover ratio. Mr. Efficient. Sam Howell, Jeff. Three touchdowns, 150 <laughs> was, yards, 24 a, points. That wasn't a shocker, but that was a surprise because I, you know, I I had kind of left the commanders for dead after the performance the other week. And, you know, then they went out last night, and that's that's, you know, the inconsistency of a young quarterback. But, you know, he was certainly much better than he was previously. But on the other side of the fence there, you're talking about inconsistency. Inconsistency for Arthur Smith and these Falcons. Weeks where they look really, really good going forward. And then that happens yesterday. And you're like, what is this team? Mike, you know, I think that that's, that's, it's important that fans understand it. That's because they're not quite good enough yet. Right? They're not quite good enough. And, you know, they're going to be that way until, you know, they're probably another year or so. And they get the roster exactly where they want the roster. They're trending in the right direction compared to where they were when he took that job. But, you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, to turn it in two years or or three years is really, really, really difficult. That's what makes what Campbell's done in Detroit even more impressive, right? They've drafted well, they've signed the free agents smart. They, they've changed the culture. They changed the toughness, you know, so I think that, you know, Dan Campbell's another one of those guys. We're way early talking about this, but Dan Campbell's another guy that's got to get a few votes or consideration anyway for uh, Coach of the Year. One final topic before we go to the mailbag segment, Jeffrey. It's not about your jumper or your T-shirt. Are you a big Broncos fan today? It is the following. You're talking about, like, start of the the show or start of the podcast about the lack of points. Like, the Bengals-Seahawks game, like, the lack of offense, for example. 17-13 17-13 final, but the Bengals grinded out again, and suddenly that talk, they're getting back. They've got that opportunity. They've got that path now. They win. Gino didn't have a great day, though, Jeff. Oof, like, not at all. Three interceptions like he had yesterday. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, you know, they're both, te- they're both clubs that, you know, can be in the playoff conversation. I think it's way too early to say the Cincinnati Bengals are back because that was not exactly a, you know, put an exclamation point, you know, on that victory and say, that's who we are. I think that it says a lot of positive things They're you know, they can win ugly 
and that's what they did. They won ugly. Now, can they can they be the team that everybody anticipated they were going to be coming into the season? We'll have to see. But you know, they're in a they're in a dogfight division, bro. I mean, we saw that with with you know, you say Cleveland's the worst team in that division. I don't know about that because Cleveland's got some defensive players. That front seven is really really good, and you know they've got a they're so much better coached this year on defense than what you've seen in the past in Cleveland. And, you know, even P.J. Walker, who's not a household name at quarterback, he's a guy that kind of bounced around. You know, June had him in the XFL. He made the team at Carolina. He's, you know, kind of been a Matt Rule protege. He's kind of carried him around with him. But, you know, he's found a home in Cleveland, and he and he played well enough to win, and that's the key, to win the game. Winning is key, my friend. Well, it's Monday, it's Lunes. Are, are, are you saying with your pick for Monday Night Football? My pick is? I think you picked the Cowboys. I think. Of course I, I picked the Cowboys because you know what the Cowboys are going to do? They're going to do the same thing they do to me every year. Is As soon as I say they're good, then they have a then they have one that you could throw in the trash. And then they come exactly. back. They're so inconsistent, but... I, they, I still say they're a, they're a very, very talented football team. Is it like me where, like, with Manchester United, where, like, I want them at my funeral so they can let me down one last time? Is that, is that oh, what you mean? No, no. I don't want – no. But I do think that the Cowboys are a good football team. I think they've got good football players. Sometimes they don't play well, right? They didn't play well against the Cardinals. They didn't play well against the 49ers. But it, typically, their history has been to bounce back after a dud. So they've got a chance to do that this this tonight. They do indeed. And people in the podcast, you'll, you'll, you'll already know the future. So enjoy that. Jeff, close us out, and then we're going to go to the mailbag, my man. Well, I'd like to say thank you to everybody that listens to this podcast. Make sure you hit like if you're watching us on YouTube or any of the other platforms that we use. And, and always to our sponsor, 888-SPORT the official betting partner of the National Football League in both the UK and Ireland. Thank you for making this possible and aloha. <laughs>